Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thanks for being a POV Plus subscriber. If you're not already, make sure to subscribe to POV Plus on Apple Podcasts for exclusive access to text to my therapist, POV's weekly pop culture roundup. Make sure to check out the show's website at pluspov.com for exclusive merch and to pre-order the POV or My Therapist workbook. And if you're enjoying the show, please make sure to help us out by leaving a rating and review of the podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Text to My Therapist, the extension of POV and My Therapist, where it's like therapy, but the thing is, I really believe in chismo culture and gossiping and I love pop culture. I love Twitter. I will never call her ex. I love the happenings of the world, okay? And this week, there's a lot happening in the world. So I, I asked myself if I wanted to talk about, um, I want if I want to talk about um, politics, uh, we all know what's happening, you know, Donald, he's, you know, he's on trial again. Um, he's in the courtroom. By the way, I saw a courtroom drawing that somebody did of his appearance in New York. And oh my God, they made him look so cunty. Like the face was giving puss puss sour. It was kind of hilarious. But I don't really want to talk about that, man. I feel like he's eaten up a lot of my time already. And I just, I'm not in the mood, babe. I'm not. Um, it's gone to the point where like my family members, cause my mother is obsessed as you know. So my family members, they will be like, um, do you know what's happening with your man? Do you know what's happening with your dad? And it just reminds me of being like, how's your ancient daddy doing? Like, that's what it gives. So I'm like, I've had enough of ancient fathers. I don't need another one to keep up with constantly at arm's length, by the way. So, um, there is a lot of other stuff I can talk about. And I think what I'm going to cover this episode of text to my therapist, which is a, another, you know, an extension comes out every Wednesday, very exciting stuff, but this is exclusive to POV plus subscribers. So if by the end of this episode, you listen and you're like, Oh my God, I kind of, I love this divine kind of ate this. Make sure to subscribe. Yeah, make sure to become an Apple subscriber. This is definitely something that helps me out in the long run. And I appreciate you for it in advance. Thank you. Mwah. So anyways, this week we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about um, cancel culture. And we're going to talk about it in the guise of what's currently happening on TikTok or what I caught wind of um, yesterday, which is that my favorite Southern lesbian couple, they were canceled. They got canceled. They got canceled. And it was just so traumatic for me, as you can imagine. Um, and, of course, you know what happens with the cancellations. The tweets come out. And then, you know, the it's the TikTok apology. 
So I'm going to talk a little bit about that because I don't necessarily have thoughts on it. I have opinions because I feel like thoughts, you know, they flutter around, they float, they whatever. Opinions, ground set hard rules. And I was talking to my friend about this earlier and I was like, yeah, definitely something we're going to talk about this week. So we're going to cover that. And then we're also going to cover, also from TikTok, the mass shooter, sorry, not mass shooter, the school shooter who... Um, now has a sizable following on TikTok and my thoughts on that, cause that was, that was a roller coaster ride that I did not anticipate of getting sucked into when I logged into Twitter last night and it kept me up until like two in the morning, just like fucking digging into people's business that is not my own. And then the last thing that we are going to talk about is the PR relationship that I firmly believe is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but first on the docket is this cancellation of this couple. So I followed this couple a while ago because like they're both like super, I don't know, like they're really cute. I love them. They look so happy. And I think it's very interesting to watch, to kind of see this very stereotypical Southern, um, and I mean like Vineyard Vines, but what Vineyard Vines wants to be like very old gentry Southern uh, people or a society or like this, that's the theme. That's like the mood of it, but they're gay, you know, they're lesbians. So I thought that was really interesting. And I always, every time their videos come across my For You page, their names are um, London, L-U-N-D-E-N and um, Olivia, London and Olivia, Stallings. So Stallings was, no was, just Stallings. But I found them really interesting just because like they are really like the cookie cutter imagery of, to me, what looks like the old Southern gentry, but they're so progressive obviously because of their sexuality but I also am constantly reminded that just because people's sexuality are not on the stereotypical spectrum that that does not mean that their politics necessarily align (laughs) um, progressively so that being said yesterday I was minding my business on the tick of the tax and I saw, like, you know how TikTok and the search bar, it has the recommended search topics, even though the search topics that they recommend are literally never what shows up in the search, but they had London and Olivia tweets. And the minute I see tweets, <laughs> babe, I know it's over for you. You've lost a couple brand deals. You've lost a few hundred followers. Like if I see the words tweet, I know what's going on. I don't have to think much about it. I just know you're not going to have a good day. So I saw tweets. I'm clicking on it. Because to me, like, I kind of start playing this little game in my head, right? First of all, I thank God that I'm black. That's the first thing that happens. I thank the Lord. I say, hallelujah, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for making me a Negro. Because never in my life will I have to search through my Twitter and delete the n-word for my twitter i will never have to do that and for that i am thankful i'm super thankful that being said whenever i see tweets i play this game with myself where i'm like i want to know the severity of it because this is something that i think about a lot and i have to be very careful how i word it because i think people having a 
people like to paint things in black and white. And a lot of times I don't think it's black and white, even when we're talking about blackness and whiteness. I don't think it's that straightforward. I wish it was, but it's not. So London, her tweets from when she was 16 to 18 came out and she's talking about, um, she's like posting rap lyrics. She's calling people ashy. She's saying the N word, like what seems to be in jest. I'm not seeing, oh, I saw like one very, um, flagrant anti-Asian tweet, very flam, um, flamboyant inflammatory that's what I'm looking for very inflammatory and I'm like looking at these pictures I'm like looking at the tweets I'm not phased not really at this point and the reason being is because I think there's such a difference between you kind of get desensitized sometimes where it's like okay somebody was singing super bass and they said the n-word it's a rap versus somebody who is literally a neo-nazi in office i'm like the spectrum of things i need to worry about needs to be a little bit tighter than that um these two things don't necessarily sit very close on the spectrum to me so i'm like reading the tweets whatever i'm just like well i don't i'm like i don't give a fuck i never gave you all my money anyway so (laughs) that's not gonna really be my problem but it got me thinking about how when i was in high school Um, one of my very close friends was white and I had a lot of close white friends growing up because as we've talked before, I went to a all white Catholic school in my early years. And then when I moved to Georgia, I literally thought that when I moved to Georgia, I was going to see burning crosses on these streets. Okay. That's not what happened. The culture shock was real I will say that but it wasn't as drastic as I thought it was like I thought I was gonna be getting beat up in the school bus like your girl was scared okay so but it got me thinking about how when I was in high school and I mean like years of like ninth to 12th grade up until 2012 which is when Michael Brown was killed I think that was like my first radical racial awakening so it that was the first time that I realized that I had a white friend who said the N-word a lot. Like she just said it too much. Like <laughs> she and the fact that she said it at all, I was like, why do you say that? And knowing her, I knew that it wasn't coming from a place of vitriol, but also the fact that she was the one white girl in a group of black friends. And this is, I'm going to paint this picture for you before you're like, divine, where are we going with this? Eyebrow raised, questionable politics appearing in the third season of POV. Let me paint the picture. So this school was a suburban, southern suburbia is something that is very interesting because when you have Southern suburbia and really think about how classism and racism plays into this, your rich black is same level of poor white. You're not the the rich whites do not fuck with the poor whites. But then there's always going to be that one person who kind of has to shed a bit of their identity, wink, wink. And it'll be like a black kid who all of his friends are white and he doesn't really hang out with black people. 
or a white person who all of their friends are black and they don't hang out with white people and they say the n-word and their black friends don't really bat an eyelash at it this was 2012 and mind you we're all in high school like and I don't really think we're that smart for high schools I'm gonna be really real with you looking back I don't I feel like there was just so much arrogance and you think you're really smart you're not because I don't feel smart right now so I can only imagine how stupid I was in high school but anyways so that conversation never comes up until 2012 when Ferguson is happening and granted she caught she was the one who was kind of like yeah I don't really think I should be saying that and there were people who were like oh no you have a pass (sighs) I wish I could say we lived in a society where people's parents were like you know they were very um proactive in the race conversation with their kids but I just don't think that that was on the forefront of their minds I'm not even gonna lie to you I think sometimes parents and like just people in general they see like a white child holding hands with a black child and they're like racism has been solved we never have to talk about it again and I feel like that's where a lot of us were until that time and until Ferguson is happening and then all of a sudden you feel like this burning rage in your stomach okay so that being said I'm not really surprised by all this London shit I'm really not because I'm like girl like honestly sometimes I think I'm like I hope my friend who I was really good friends with in high school who I know who she is and I know her heart I'm like I hope you're smart enough at least at this point to do every night tuck yourself into bed take out your phone and do a search of your name and every diabolical cuss word that you thought was cool to say at some point in time just look that shit up and just delete any tweets just delete the tweets at this point like at this point just be proactive because you know if you hear snoring it's my dog of course why not makes you know people change people grow people learn they they heal from ignorance they do all that shit But you still need to get rid of the tweets because all of that clearly does not matter if them tweets are still living, breathing. That you that you were years ago existing in those tweets, baby, it's still you. As long as them tweets exist, it's still you. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I just lay in my bed at night and I've literally just like gotten on my phone just typing my name in, typing every like xenophobic word I can think of that I'm like maybe I blacked the fuck out and I tweeted something crazy one day like every offensive word like I be looking up my my twitter handle with the n-word hard r okay I be looking up everything because I'm like y'all ain't gonna get me slipping but I'm not gonna lie sometimes things fall through um twitter the Twitter search cracks. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, go out with a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, more time for what? 
Recently, me and my therapist sat down and literally made a list of all of the things I've been wanting to accomplish this year that I felt that I did not have any time for. There's a book I've been wanting to read on finance. You guys know I'm super into my finances this year. And I was like, when am I going to have the time to do this? Well, we sat down, made that list, and turns out I have time on Tuesday mornings. Little changes can really help create a sense of control in a world where so many of the things that happen are beyond our control. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com POV today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot POV. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. But I've never like tweeted anything crazy, but I still search because I'm scared, okay? That maybe like one day I just like, I don't know, just lost my fucking marbles. And I was like, yeah, today I'm going to dip into my state trooper, my state trooper feels a little bit. Um, no, but I did find a lot of tweets. Like there were a lot of tweets like where I'm like, um, I was just talking about white man so much. And I was like, girl, you just embarrassed me. This got to go. So I got rid of those. Um, every once in a while, I do the search because it's necessary. It's a must. You have the ability to ruin your life in 2023. And if you want to have a nice, peaceful life, you got to be proactive with the shit. Okay, so now we're going to go to the second half of this conversation, which I'm well aware that to the general public, not that it matters, but are in this situation because I truly don't know what the general public looks like for this whole London and Olivia situation. I do know that like when I was looking through TikTok videos, it was a, I saw actually a lot of black women talking about it, like kind of being disappointed in them, which I felt like was a whole other conversation, but I wasn't ready to go dive deep into that. But the thing that I also think about is you know, London and Olivia are going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine because the world tends to be extremely forgiving. Um, the world tends to be very forgiving. And I think, you know, sometimes we look at people like Chris Brown or, um, who has like a terrible past. Like, I can't even think of anybody else. But, like, you know, the girls, they get canceled. They do a little apology vid. They're fine. They're going to be fine. And black women are not necessarily ever allowed the same grace, um, unless you're Tiffany Haddish, which I find very crazy. But black women are never really allowed the same type of grace like that. So it's kind of like these things carry on with you, even if you don't respond to them or pay attention to them. 
they carry on with you and they're a burden to your career and everything that you do. So London and Olivia will be fine. Okay. But the thing that I have thought a lot about is how I feel like I don't know what's going on, but I've just seen this new generation of very young people. It's not even cancellation anymore. It's, I hate you and I need to get rid of you. It's this weird vitriol and they're just kind of waiting for the moment to pounce and they're being super sanctimonious about it and they're saying that it's for the better of of you know the internet and for community and all this shit but it's really not and their ego has so much to do with it and it has so much to do with ego and pride and kind of being able to kick somebody down who has more social currency who has more you know, literal currency than you do. It's being able to, for a a second, flipping the power imbalance of like class, of fame, of all these things, being able to flip that shit on its head and making somebody that you despise, everything that they are, you make them say sorry and they have to say sorry or else they're a bad person. And I say this Because I'm not going to lie, I kind of think it's vile that they waited till this girl's wedding day to release these tweets. The wedding day. The day of the wedding. I was like, damn, that's rough. Being on the internet is rough. Like, it, it couldn't have been yesterday. Not yesterday. It couldn't have been the day before, the day after. The day of the wedding, they had their own bells to ring. And they did. And at that point, I think it's not really about creating a safe environment. I think at that point, it's about feeding your ego and taking somebody down. So it's like, it is what it is. Um, and, you know, you can't really, there's no, you can't really do anything. Or, sorry, when I say you, I mean London can't really do anything except apologize because what else are you going to fucking do? Those are your own words that you, you know, you left up. You said at a point in time, they meant something to you at a point in time. And now they're here to bite you in the ass. So if you're a white girl, you don't know where you finna end up in two months, girl. You better look through them tweets, child. Get rid of that shit. Cause it's at this point, it's boring. (laughs) It's so boring. So anyways, that's my little spiel. But moving on from there, um, the next thing that I was going to talk about is this fucking school shooter, bro. Yesterday night, I, you know, I had this tiramisu ice cream before I went to sleep, which those two things don't go together at all. So I did not go to sleep. I actually just lingered in my bed, just hovering there, um, doing the opposite of rotting because I just had so much energy. I felt like I could get so much done. And I ended up on TikTok. Actually, I ended up on Twitter, which Twitter sent me to TikTok because somebody on Twitter was like, there's a school shooter on TikTok who has a huge following. And people were telling him that, like, you know, he's changed. He's older now. It's okay. Whatever. So I'm like, let me go look at this shit for myself. Because I've realized at this point that you cannot take anything. You have to take everything that you see on Twitter with a grain of salt. Because... Even, it doesn't matter what side you're on. Like, we can, like, troll people. Not troll, sorry. Wrong word. We can 
you know, talk shit about people all day because, you know, a lot of old people and, and like conspiracy theory people, they get their shit from Twitter. So they're getting like half a morsel of information and they're creating like an entire feast with it. So you have to be very careful about how you intake stuff on Twitter because people love to, I don't even want to call it sensationalized because I don't think they're doing it on purpose because Twitter a lot of the time is like a void. You're talking into the void and you're not expecting anybody to respond. But then all of a sudden there's a million people responding to your thought that you thought was in your head. But apparently you said that shit out loud because you did. So she, so I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm like, uh, let me, I, I need to investigate. Let me go look. So I go look and I'm, cause you know what I was thinking at first? I was thinking that it was like a kid who brought a gun to school and I'm thinking like gang violence, you know, because there is a difference apparently, which I didn't know this, but apparently there's a difference between gang activity and sociopathic activity and like um, school shooter and like serial killer like just because you're in a gang and you kill three people that doesn't make you a serial killer you have to have a certain pathology and like way of thinking to be a serial killer yes so um it's like about your motivation but we're not gonna get into that so anyways so I, I thought it was one of those situations so I opened the 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 tick app the the um, clock app um but no it's a school shooter mm-hmm and he served 17 years in jail and I'm like I'm like I'm just flabbergasted honestly like I'm just scrolling mouth hung open through his TikTok and he's talking about like reform like um like youth reform and like helping kids out and all of this stuff and he's talking about um how to help the youth and like how to prevent mass shootings whatever 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 I cannot say if I I don't think it's my place to decide whether his um redemption arc is very real or it's not my place to like decide what his redemption arc is he served his time but not only did he serve his time which is when I kind of shut the whole, I, you know, when like you slowly close your laptop and you're like, all right, that's enough internet for today. This is when I got to this point was when I'm like looking through his stuff and y'all, this dude apparently, so he was working at a homeless shelter and there was a guy there who was being like very belligerent from the moment he walked in. So he asked him to leave. The guy leaves. And then the guy returns with two fucking swords. Two swords, bitch. Two katanas. Girl. Like, his extremities were almost chopped off. Like, they were, like... eh, it's just as gruesome as it sounds. That's when I like, that's, that's when I just shut my computer off because I was like, you know what? I think karma did her big one on that. So 
I'm like, listen, you have to live the rest of your life with the guilt of the school shooting situation. Because in his own words, he feels very guilty about that. You have to live with that guilt and you have to live with the immense, the insane, a lot of bodily injury that the the swordsman caused. So at that point, baby, it's above me. It's above me. This is seven stories above me. This is... I work on floor four. This is, I I don't know why, but I was so jarred by that. Like, I was just so jarred by it. And I was like, I, I just, I don't know what to say. Like, karma ate him up, for real. So I was, I just put that aside. <laughs> and that was enough for me to see and know that happened. Yeah, that was really jarring. I'm not even going to lie to you. It was extremely jarring. And I he turned off all his comments, so I couldn't read what people were saying. But you know how it is. Once something gets on Twitter, you really cannot. Because I feel like the Twitter, the TikTok algorithm is pretty good. It, it will take you where you need to go. But once shit gets on Twitter, your life is over. Whether, like, for the moment, for the time being, just put your internet shit on pause until Twitter forgets about you. Because... It doesn't matter. You could be feeding babies, feeding angels, some, some, and it's not just somebody. It's a group of people are going to hate on your, your whole life. Um, just because you exist, they're going to find something wrong with it. So he turned his comments off and I was just, I was beyond, I, it was, I, I, girl, yay, girl, that's where I was. But on the lighter side of things, the other thing that's been like, I wouldn't even say has been consuming a lot of my mind. It's just been trying to infiltrate everything I do because it feels like ads. It feels like the fucking shadow work journal on TikTok that nobody can run away from. Like how TikTok shop has taken over your whole TikTok. This Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey thing. I don't understand because I thought everybody was suddenly a pro at knowing when a PR relationship was a PR relationship. You guys have been throwing this word around for months and now all of a sudden there's a PR relationship if I've ever fucking seen one right in front of everybody's face and everyone's deciding that it's not real. I'm immensely confused and it's confusing to me because I'm like, is everybody in on the joke? And it's just me who doesn't get it. I, I really wonder that because he won the Super Bowl. He has a um, documentary coming out. Him and his brother have this very popular podcast. He has this, I think it's Apple, the Apple commercial with Kim Kardashian. He's got a lot going out. This is a PR push if I've ever seen one. And then all of a sudden, you know, this Taylor Swift thing happened very quickly, which, you know, they're cute. So she, uh, you know, there's one thing I think about actually, hold on, taking a pause here. I think about this all the time, actually, because I'm not against a PR relationship. I'm not. I know it may sound like I am, but I'm not. I'm not against a PR relationship at all. But what are the rules of engagement here? Because 
if you put me in a PR relationship with Aaron Taylor Johnson, I'm going to read the fine print. <laughs> when I tell you I'm going to read the fine print, and I'm going to add some clauses, PDA clauses. We need to work in as many kisses as possible. Because I'm like, how does this work? Like, do y'all clock in at 9 o'clock in the morning, pretend to be boyfriend and girlfriend, and then clock out at 5 o'clock and go home and not think about each other? Because I'm falling in love. I don't know about y'all, but I'm falling in love. Okay? So y'all can pretend to be boyfriend, girlfriend all you want. You're my man. You really are. You're my man. You're my man. Whether there's a contract involved or not, that's fine. Early prenup. Let's go. That's my man. But then there appear relationships where it's very obvious that, like, they cannot stand each other. Because you can be friendly, but sometimes your chemistry is so imbalanced that, like, you just, like, I want nothing to do with this person. And I wonder a lot of the times, like, it's easy to act when you're by yourself, but I'm like, I need to see y'all together. I need to see if the chemistry is chemistry. I need to know. I need to, I need a, a little bit more of an inside look. But then when I get too much of an inside look, I'm like, this is definitely a fake relationship because if it was a real one, you would be so private. You would be so private. And especially like, I saw this one TikToker and she was saying how, Taylor Swift is so private in her life that she must really like Travis Kelsey for her to be so public with him. And I'm like, do y'all think when y'all speak? Because that's exactly the same reason why I don't believe any of it at all. Like, if, this would be my PR strategy, okay? If Divine could rule the world. <laughs> if I rule the world, do, 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 I help all my friends. Okay, so if I rule the world, and this would be my PR strategy for season three of POV and my therapist, okay? My PR strategy would be I would, they, ooh, okay, here's how it's going. We're gonna do Love is Blind. Yeah. If you're a producer for Love is Blind, put me on there. Okay, put me on there. Okay, so we do Love is Blind Celebrity Edition, Divorce Edition. Okay, in this perfect world, Aaron Taylor Johnson would be newly divorced, freshly divorced. Okay, he's a bit wounded. He he needs he needs he needs stability. Okay, so freshly divorced, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Always single divine. We're in the pods. We fall in love. Duh. <laughs> That's the only way this can go. And this is a PR strategy. So everybody's in on the play. Okay. We fall in love and we get out of the pods and I'm like, I love him. He's great. Our honeymoon period is great. Our learning about each other's lives and families. Great. Nothing is wrong ever. Okay. We're perfect for each other. This would give the public so much insight into our lives while maintaining a good distance, right? Because once you leave Love is Blind, no one is getting followed by the paparazzi ever, right? 
that parasocial shit is not there anymore. That's where I would be, okay? Erin would probably have a slew of projects coming out, as would I. And he'd do his projects. I'd be living my life on the side. His ex-wife would probably be doing like a lot of media blitzes, you know. And we would never respond to them. We would just constantly be photographed walking our dogs in the park. And I mean like... You know how that picture of Bella Hadid drinking a beer and eating, I want to say it's a baguette, but I feel like I just made that up, and eating a sandwich on a park bench, it was very much giving John F. Kennedy Jr. and Carolyn Bassett, like that very candid film look fall, it's fall, you're with your man, yeah, we're recreating all that shit, okay, we're giving the girls instant classic candids pinterest is eating this shit up okay eating this shit up yeah all right i'm i'm like i'm the new it girl okay and i'm fat oh and i'm black oh it's just the best of both worlds and everybody's like this is true love because you know people are so fat phobic they'd be like he would not be spotted with this little fat blord if he did not love her And then in the midst of all this, all of this publicity, all of this PR work, me and Aaron are falling in love, deeply in love, where we are seeing each other, like nobody's ever seen us like this. You know, we're just, we're falling in love. And then, you know, it leaks that (laughs) it was a PR relationship, you know? Somebody hacks my manager's stuff, the leak, it's leaked. Oh my God, Divine and Aaron Taylor Johnson from Love is Blind, Celebrity Edition. They lied. They were lying. So then obviously I have to get a favor. I call up Oprah. (laughs) I call up Oprah. And me and Aaron sit down. We do a sit-down interview. And the, the intro is like, together for the first time since the leaks broke out, Divine and Ellen, Ellen? Oops. Divine and Aaron Taylor Johnson speak the truth about their forbidden manufactured love yeah I thought about that too so we're like it starts off the opening shot is just of our hands held together I got a big fat ring on that bitch (laughs) I got a big ring on my finger and then you don't see our face you just see the hands with the ring and we're holding hands And I'm like, we were just really struggling. And you know how Hollywood is. They put us together and like we were under contract, but we really found solace in each other. You know, we've been going through so much these last few years. And then boom, 
Bada bing, bada boom. America's sweethearts. American royalty. Bada bing, bada boom. We got a reality show. Keeping up with the Johnsons. LOL. You know, it's like we're people. America loves us. America loves us. The public loves us. They forget all about our bullshit. Okay. That's, that's how I would do my PR relationship. (laughs) That's exactly how I would do it. And everybody would fall for it. So as you can imagine, I'm not against a PR relationship. I actually really love it. If you do it well. If you don't treat the public like they're fucking stupid. Like, it's so... I feel like it's so simple. And like, honestly, I think Kylie and Timothy are doing it well. So well that I actually think they're together. <laughs> it just makes sense to me. It really does. And I'm I'm not going to elaborate any further because I've been talking for a minute. But um, yeah, honestly, sometimes the text to my therapist segment is a lot more analytical you know sometimes we're quoting people we're pulling up articles I'm linking articles but I really was just not feeling like dealing with politics this week just because like there's just too much going on yesterday it's just like sometimes you just have enough politics yesterday I'm learning news that Kevin McCarthy got ousted while I'm eating an over salted chicken wing like, I'm not trying to be back in that headspace, you know? So, I love politics. I love it all. But I think this week, we're just starting off real tame and slow. And we're just going to cover, you know, celebrity stuff. Which I love. I love celebrity. You know, it's interesting. It's funny. So, yeah, that was the very first episode of Text to My Therapist, the pop culture offshoot of POV and My Therapist. And like I said before, this show is for subscribers only. So if you enjoyed this, please make sure you subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. Okay. And if you're already a subscriber, thank you. And if you're not, subscribe now for exclusive access to Text to My Therapists. And while you're at it, while you're on your computer, go ahead and check out the show's website for exclusive merchandise and to pre-order the POV You're My Therapist workbook. And if you're enjoying the show, please help us out by leaving a rating and review of the podcast and share it with your friends. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. I hope it's full of good ass gossip that just makes you giggle. Okay. I love you so much. Bye. See y'all next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.